0: I hauled my kill over my shoulder and grunted under the weight of it. The Cougarin had been a full-grown adult male and was my largest kill to date. He would bring enough meat to feed my mother and little sister for at least two moons, as well as give us something to trade at the market. Winter wasn't for a while, but I wanted to get new furs for both my mother and Adeline. Stocking the beast over the last week had proved fruitful, and I couldn't help the lopsided grin that drew the corners of my mouth up as I walked into my hometown of Cinder Village. Being at the base of Cinder Mountain and the coal mines inside of it meant that the fine dust from the mountain coated everything in the village, and today was no exception. The rocks that dotted the village road held a thick layer of ash, as did the tips of my hunting boots. I barely noticed anymore. You just got used to it when you lived here. It was in our ears, nose, teeth, and other places not spoken of. In Jade City, the capital of Embergate, you could spot a Cinder Village resident from a mile away. We puffed dust with each step, and we were damn well proud of it. The people of Cinder were hardworking people. We didn't sit on our butts all day. Nice kill, Arwen. Nathaniel called from his post at the top of the guard gate entrance to Cinder Village. Nathaniel was one of the most handsome guys in Cinder Village. Sandy blonde hair, hazel eyes, and a sharp jaw. Just looking up at him now made my stomach warm. I gave him a goofy grin. Come for dinner later? Bring your parents. He nodded, pursing his lips. Would love that. We were 20 winters out from the Great Famine, but my parents remembered such a time and trained us younger ones on how to hunt and grow food, and to skin and prepare a kill. Usually it was the men doing the hunting and the women doing the growing, but with my father dead, I didn't have that luxury. They also taught us to show kindness and give a meal when you had plenty. Times were a boon now, and this cougarin was much more than we needed. The weight of the animal was starting to cause a sharp pain between my shoulders, its blood dripping down the front of my shirt from the arrow wound in its neck. I couldn't wait to drop this off to my mother and then wash up. I passed the market stalls, giving nods to the men and women working them, and marveled at the pretty garlands of flowers that had been hung up around the village for May Day. I'd worried that I wasn't going to make it back for the beloved festival of love. I'd made my kill just in time, and if I washed up quickly, I might even be able to join the kissing tent. Pushing my legs faster, I turned the corner to the row my mother's hut was on. We were a simple people who lived a simple life. Thatched huts, fresh river water, potato fields, and coal mining— That was Cinder Village. The ash from the coal mine made the soil fertile, and so we were known for our large potatoes and sweet tubers. I once visited our capital, Jade City, when I was fifteen winters old, and my jaw had unhinged the entire three-day trip. It was the most beautiful city in all of Embergate, which was why our king lived there and all the kings before him. Jade City was full of such opulence and splendor that, had I not seen it with my own eyes, I would not have believed it. More jade, gold, and ruby than I'd ever seen in all my life. The roads were all brick, the buildings white stone, the city lit up at night like a jewel. The mead was flowing, the food stalls were stocked, and the streets were full of dragonfolk. I had never been around so many powerful dragonfolk in my entire life, but Jade City had been crawling with them. The dragonfolk were linked to their king, Dre Valdrin. He gave them power through himself, and so it made sense they wanted to live near him. Dragonfolk with enough magic had the power to heal, to breathe fire. They had extreme strength. But fully shifting into a dragon's form? That was for the king alone. The most powerful dragonfolk to ever live. Here in Cinder Village, we were a bit of an anomaly. Technically, we were in Embergate territory and ruled by the dragon king, but we were mostly a mixed bunch Humans, dragonfolk, elves, fae, even if you stray wolven ended up here. Anyone who was of mixed race or of diluted magic was usually outcasted from their territory and wound up here, making a colony of sorts. A mixed breed society. My mom was fully human. Her parents defected from Nightfall City when she was little, and my dad was a mix of human and one-tenth dragonfolk. It wasn't enough to have any cool fire powers— but he was able to lift large rocks in the mines and provide a good life for my mom and I. Until he died when I was nine. Bless the maker, look at that kill! My mom shrieked from the doorway of our hut, and it pulled me from my thoughts about my father. Every muscle in my body hurt. I was tired, I stunk, and I was covered in blood. But seeing my mom so happy caused me to grin goofily at her. We'll need to take out the waistband of my trousers by next week, I joked. My little sister, Adeline, popped her head out from the doorway, and her eyes grew as wide as saucers. Cougar and stew for dinner, she shrieked in joy. That got a chuckle out of me. The baked potatoes and greens were filling, but nothing like Mama's cougarin and stew. I stepped inside our home, shuffled across the freshly swept floor, and past the kitchen, which led to the back porch. Mother already had the butcher table and knives out. She knew I wouldn't have come home empty-handed, and her faith in me made me proud. After slamming the beast down on the table, I groaned, rolling out my neck. You did good, Arwen. My mom smoothed my hair and then wrinkled her nose. But you smell like death. Adeline broke out into a full-on belly laugh, and I sprang from where I stood and ran after her with my arms out like a bloodsucker from Necromere. She gave a genuine shriek of terror. Now it was my turn to burst into laughter. All right, don't scare your sister. Go and wash up. It's May Day, my mother scolded me. May Day. I sighed. All the single girls and single boys of age would stand in the village square blindfolded and then start walking toward each other. Whoever you reached first, you kissed. It was a long-held tradition of Cinder Village, and as terrifying as it sounded, it was kind of thrilling as well. Legend said whoever you kissed on May Day would become your spouse. At 18 winters old, this would be my first May Day. I was eligible last year but had been sicker than a dog from eating some bad berries, so I was unable to attend. I reached up and touched my lips, wondering if Nathaniel would kiss me. You weren't supposed to peek, but some of the boys let their blindfolds slip so that they could gravitate toward the girl they wanted. I wanted Nathaniel. I slipped into the bedroom I shared with Adeline and grabbed a clean tunic and trousers. My mother had long since given up trying to get me to wear skirts and dresses. Ever since my father died nine winters ago, I had to become the hunter of the family, and hunting in a dress was just downright stupid. Adeline was hiding under her bed furs, probably afraid I'd rub cougar and blood on her. I walked toward her and hovered over her. After a moment, thinking I was gone. She slowly pulled down the covers, but when she saw me, she screamed again, yanking the furs back up. I burst out in delighted laughter. Arwen, my mother snapped. Fine, I groaned, the laughter dying in my throat. Sometimes I just wanted to mess around with my little sister, but my position in this family required me to grow up faster than I would have liked, had I been given a choice. We had a roof over our heads and food in our bellies, so I knew better than to complain. Oh, I called back to my mom as I was walking out to the community bathhouse. I invited Nathaniel for dinner, I said casually. A dinner invite on May Day was no small thing. The corners of my mother's lips quirked up into a conspiratorial grin. To be nice, to share the bounty, I told her, heat creeping up to my cheeks. It was customary after a good hunt to invite guests to the feast. Good luck, even. She knew that but it was also encouraged to invite potential suitors over for dinner on May Day so that the families could meet and start getting used to the idea of a potential marriage. Of course, dear, she said in a sugary sweet tone, and I scowled at her. I was 18 winters old. I'd be expected to take a husband soon. Nathaniel would be a good choice. He had a prominent job in the village, and he was one of the only boys in town who didn't seem threatened by my hunting trips with the other men in the village. Even when I married off, I'd still have to provide for Adeline and my mother. He understood that. Brushing my mother's weird smile out of my mind, I headed down the alley between Mr. Corbin's apothecary shop and Mrs. Helena's bakery and stepped into Naomi's bathhouse. Oh, child. Naomi plugged her nose when I strode inside. You smell like a dead ratten. You'll need your own soaker tub with extra sandalwood oil. I grinned. Naomi was like the village grandmother, with a sharp tongue. She took care of us all and hit us with the truth, no matter how much it would hurt. For daily washings, I would just use the heated bucket of water in our hut. But for washing after a week of hunting, I needed Naomi's soaker tub and soapstone. I followed her into the woman's washroom and passed the group's soakers, nodding to the women I recognized. Mrs. Beasel and Mrs. Haney were currently enthralled in the town gossip. I caught a snippet of Bardic needing to cut down on his drinking and Mrs. Namal needing to tend to her husband so his eye didn't wander. The top layer of their bathwater was black from cinder soot. When Naomi stepped into one of the private soaker rooms, cordoned off by a thatch wall, I set my clean clothes down on the stool beside the small one-person soaker tub. Cinder soot and dirt was okay for a group soaker, but blood and hunting guts were not permitted. Naomi was at least 60 winters old, her fingers gnarled from the winter bone disease. Her silver hair was always tied into a tight bun on top of her head. She spun the tap and the water gushed from the faucet, filling the tub as steam rose up to the ceiling. Naomi was one of the few people with running water in the village. Her shop was directly situated over a natural hot spring. Her great-great-grandfather had been a metal worker, so he'd welded the pipes and built everything so that the water would be pulled up from the ground. Her family had owned this bathhouse for as long as anyone could remember. I've had to raise my prices, Naomi said, looking at me with a bit of pity. This war the Nightfall Queen has started at the border is affecting my ability to get the soapstones and perfume oils from the elves in Archmere. I nodded. How much? Two jade coins, or an acceptable barter, she said. Two jade coins? It used to be one. I'd heard a little about the Nightfall Queen causing trouble with shipments coming into Embergate, but hadn't thought much about it. That evil woman was always starting wars. I nodded. I can give you the jade coins, or I just brought down a full-grown male cougarin. You can see my mom after closing to pick the best cut. Her eyes lit up. I'll take the meat instead, thanks kindly, she said. And I nodded as she slipped out of the room. Cougarin was gamey but delicious, with very little fat or gristle on it. Elkin was the only more desirable meat around, so I knew I could barter some good stuff with this kill. Maybe I'd get my mother a nice new dress for the changing of the seasons festival in fall. Stripping off my clothes, I let them drop into a dusty, blood-crusted pile at my feet, and then I stepped into the water. A groan of pure joy and relief left me, and some of the ladies outside the thin thatch wall snickered. I didn't care. It was too good. As I slid deeper into the water, I felt a few parts of my back sting. At one point in the hunt, I'd tumbled and hit my back on a rock. There must be a scratch or two there. The water continued to rush out of the tap as I daydreamed about having running hot water in our hut. I would take a soak every single night. I'd wash the clothes in hot water and the dishes, and just for fun, I'd stick my face in hot water in the mornings to revive myself. I sighed in contentment. Coming in, Naomi announced before she stepped into the small enclosure. I didn't bother to cover myself. Naomi had seen me naked hundreds of times. I'd been coming here since I was a babe with my mother. Besides, she didn't look. She was a professional. She poured a stream of oil into the rushing water and the strong scent of sandalwood hit my nose. Another sigh. Cinder Mountain was known for its sandalwood grove trees, so the oil was plentiful here and the scent always reminded me of home. A soapstone plopped into the water and slid under my back, but I ignored it. I'd soap later. I just wanted to soak. Every muscle in my body was screaming out for joy right now. Got any cuts? She asked. Naomi tended to the men after they came in from a hunt, so she knew what the body sustained after such a trip. I nodded and sat up, showing her my back. She whistled low. The bigger one looks infected. I'll get the neem oil and add it to the bath. The cougar and meat is still a good trade. Neem was expensive, so it was kind of her not to charge extra or ask for more meat. She disappeared and shuffled back in with neem, pouring it into the bathwater as well. She then reached in and grabbed the soapstone as I sat up and hunched forward. She ran it along my back in the parts I couldn't reach, and I hissed when she lightly grazed it over the cut. Must have been bigger than I thought. I'd been so excited to kill my first cougarin that I'd lost all sense of pain and just wanted to make it back home. After getting my back tortured by the old woman, she dropped the soapstone into the tub again and left. Finally, I can relax. I leaned back against the angled tub and slid as far down as I could go before drowning.